Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bare Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me again is my gracious co-host, Reese. Reese, how are you feeling this week? How was uh, Thursday night football for you? Man, Thursday night football wasn't too bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I know some people have an issue with it. I definitely don't. I'm all for it. Sometimes it just uh, creates a little bit of difficulty if there's an intriguing uh, college football game that I want to watch, but Hey, I think it was a, a decent enough game, a little bit of a wild ending there with the late touchdown. Um, and things seemed to click for uh, Trubisky, a person that we know all too well in the first half. But, man, the second half uh, definitely looked rough for him. Man, how about that catch from Pickens, man? I mean, th- this was a guy that me and you were pretty much uh, screaming at the Bears for not picking. Uh, we are huge fans of Pickens, even going back to, like, before the college football season of 2022 even started last year or 2021 even started last year. We're huge Pickens fans falls to us and we just miss up on him. Um, Man, I think he's going to be good. The one thing I have to say though, is I, I just find it. It's kind of weird to me that he's not even like the best wide receiver in the room. And he seems to be having tantrums on the sidelines, uh, even just this early into his NFL career. Yeah, it was uh, truly an unbelievable catch. I mean, honestly, that was it was ridiculous. The extension being parallel with the ground um, and to control it without any doubt well, it was ridiculous. Um, I have noticed that, too. I, I, it is interesting him being the, the third wide receiver, and you can tell he definitely wants the command and the attention of the, of the room and of the sideline, maybe the team as a whole. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I think maybe it's a little bit of a, a wide receiver stereotype to be a, a diva, right? Or to to have tantrums and, and kind of act up, if you will. Um, so we'll see how it plays out for Pickens. He certainly has all the ability in the world, you know. Uh, but it seems like a lot of the receivers are getting frustrated at Trubisky. I mean, even uh, Deontay Johnson. He looks like he's like barely fits. playing. Yeah, he looks like he's like barely even putting any care into it, kind of sadly. Um, I, I do wonder where Kenny Pickett is at, the fact that they are not willing to you know, push him in there yet. And when Mike Tomlin was asked about potentially switching QBs uh, hit over the mini buy that they have, because they're coming off a of Thursday night football. So they're going to have an extended week. Uh, his response was definitely not. So not, not necessarily what you, you want to hear. You know, I, I get like saying you, you have trust and confidence in Trubisky, but if I have a young quarterback on the sidelines and I'm hearing definitely not, that's giving me shades of Kellen Mond when he couldn't outplay Sean Mannion. Um, that being I, said, yeah. I, I, I don't think Trubisky has been bad. It's just like I I kind of feel like Trubisky is kind of what Kenny Pickett's going to be in the NFL. <laughs> like I feel like they're kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I, I find the interesting thing to be, um, to me, it's very similar to the Bears with Justin Fields and Dalton last year. Um, and even so much so uh, to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I felt like... Uh, Kyle Shanahan was really not really caring too much about Trey Lance's, you know, well-being. I even said that in the first game against the Bears. It's like, all right, he's just going to run him up the middle, huh? And, you know, it just kind of seemed like everyone was waiting for him to hurt, get hurt. And, you know, then you put in the backup guy. So I don't know if that's exactly what they're going to do with Trubisky. Saw him do a couple of zone reads or or read options uh, in this past game. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm curious to see how it ends up. I think Kenny Pickett, I'm not completely down on him. I don't, uh, 
I don't know. I don't think he's going to end up developing to be a, a top 10 QB even, but you know, maybe a little bit higher upside than Trubisky, but that's just because we know what Trubisky is already. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. And the one final thing before we kind of switch over to some more Bears-related news, um, I, I actually don't mind Pickens being so vocal on the sideline. I, like, I think I, I like guys that bring a little bit of that fire, and sometimes I wish some of these Bears players had that. And I, I think that was something that we talked about continuously with Ryan Pace is that he just didn't know how to draft or bring in guys that seemed like they cared or had passion for the game. Um, and and the, it could just be a personality trait thing. I don't know, but the, I, I do like that. Uh, it can just be an issue sometimes when your team's kind of in a rut when you have a guy like that, if he's trying to be selfish or trying to get the ball more. Um, I don't necessarily mind that because I think he should get the ball more. Um, but at the same time, like there's, there's, there's levels to it. You know, if he's going full Antonio Brown and, and taking his Jersey off in the middle of the game, obviously you can't have that. But for right now, I kind of like to see that out George Pickens. Yeah. I mean, you have to play the game with a certain intensity, you know, and I think if you're a wide receiver, um, you know, wanting the ball or, or wanting more attention is, is not always a bad thing. You kind of have to, you know, you have to draw that attention to yourself if you want to make things happen. And the fact is that, you know, over the first few weeks, he's had, what, a maximum of, of three receptions each time. He's only and had, like, I, three targets, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's he's clearly someone that feels like he's a, a wide receiver one that's demanding more attention. And I wouldn't call Pittsburgh a, a stacked wide receiver room. I think they have a quality um, receiver room. I'm just not like super high on Claypool. I think he's good, but I don't think he's anything ridiculous. And Deontay Johnson has had kind of his own issues in the past as far as, you know, being someone that used to be a drop artist, <laughs> always seemed to find a way to drop the football. Um, so I think if you're George Pickens and you come up and you make a catch like that, yeah, you're feeling like you probably deserve uh, a little bit extra. Yeah. 100%. All right. Uh, so moving on one quick thing before we get into the injury news for this week, I saw that on ESPN uh, using the NFL next gen stats, Braxton Jones was ranked as the fifth best left tackle in the NFL as far as win percentage. Um, and then they also had Tevin Jenkins and Cody Whitehair ranked very highly as well. Uh, and it looked like the the main uh, person that was getting dinged a lot with, besides Sam Musfer was uh, Larry Borum. Um, I'm, I'm, I just find it interesting to see how... The, I feel like the returns on this young offensive line have been a lot better than maybe we expect. And I think once we finally get, you know, Lucas Patrick, who you know, thank God is finally practicing at center this week. I think once we get him in there and uh, we'll maybe Borum can start, you know, getting a hang of it. I, I think this could be a really good offensive line. And the fact that all these guys are so young, they're probably just going to be getting better over the next couple of years. I'm interested to see how much quote unquote overhaul goes into the offensive line this next off season, because I think it might be less needed than we might think. Yeah, I mean, if they have an opportunity to to bring in a stud tackle, whether that be at the, you know, I guess at the right side at this point, if they really feel like Braxton Jones is going to be in the guy long term, then that's cool. But yeah, like you said, they certainly don't need to have an outpouring of resources like they did in this past draft. I think that's come together quick quicker than I expected as well. Um, 
you know, one of the things being, right, Braxton Jones, I think he's impressed. I think there's a bit of duality, and, and actually we were kind of messaging about this um, between, you know, the run and the and the pass uh, yeah, blocking. Certainly. Uh, I, I think that the run blocking, you know, as we saw with the success of Montgomery, able to open up holes. Um, even Khalil Herbert's benefited from it as well. And, and in pass protection, I think there's still a bit to be desired, um, especially on the interior but, you know, some of that last week can just be attributed to going up against someone like Kenny Clark. And really the fronts that, you know, we've been playing the past couple of weeks or the Bears have been playing the past couple of weeks has, you know, honestly, they've been tests. I mean, Green Bay has a good, you know, front as far as their defensive line is concerned. And, of course, um, we all know about the names on the 49ers as well. So I, I think that they've been tested and they haven't completely fall into the task. I mean, this hasn't been anything like Justin Fields against Cleveland last year, where that was just a complete just dismemberment (laughs) of pass protection. (laughs) That was So I think that they're certainly making strides, and it's definitely a big thing is health. You know, if we can keep these young guys on the offensive line out there and they're able to play the extent of the year and build up chemistry, Mm -hmm. it's going to work out a lot better um, than I think that any of us could have really anticipated um, so, yeah, the offensive line in a, in a delightful kind of way has uh, not been quite the drag on the team so far that we expect them to be. I, I think there's certainly room for improvement, um, but gl- glimmers of hope for sure. And especially on the run, run blocking side of things, it seems like the athleticism being a little bit, you know, maybe slimmer, more athletic along the offensive line has helped um, create opportunities, especially in the zone running game. And then when you end up pulling a guard or doing some kind of trap block scheme. Yeah. Um, I think that's really kind of paid off in spades. And even having someone like Kyrie Blas in game as well, I mean, that does help to bring a lead blocker into the occasion um, as well. And I think what's kind of crazy here is Pulse still continued to dedicate resources to the offensive line. Like The depth has really came along a lot too because of all the additions that we had um, throughout the draft. I know a lot of people are going to be like a little bit upset about like, for instance, the bears, uh, cutting, what, what was the name? Zachary Thomas, uh, from SDSU. Right. Um, I think I really did like the approach that polls had though, where he, in the draft, he was just like, let's just get as many guys in here as possible and see what sticks. And the fact that they were able to find someone who looks like they they are a starting caliber offensive lineman in the NFL with Braxton Jones throughout that draft makes every other off offensive line pick worth it, right? Like just throwing the numbers, play the numbers game and uh, something stuck. It, it kind of stinks that he was actually the first offensive lineman drafted. So I don't know if we needed to draft the rest of those guys, but um, honestly, adding depth to Tyree Carter, um, he's just a, a monster of a man at guard. Like he's, he's, he's a true... <laughs> Like he's such a good, uh, uh, has such a good frame and is so athletic for that guard position. Um, so that's, I'm really interested to see how he develops there. And then also adding Alex Leatherwood kind of wonder, like, I think the plan, the reason why he's at right tackle is because they want to see a successor to Borum. I don't think they necessarily want to keep Borum at right tackle long-term. And I think that going into the summer, the two places they're going to look to upgrade, I think we'll probably draft, uh, or, or not going into the summer, sorry, going into draft season. I think we'll probably look to add another center, a young center uh, through the draft. There's a couple really good guys coming out with uh, Jared, uh, with, uh, yeah, what's his name? Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame and uh, Ricky Stromberg and Steve Alvila, I think is his name from TCU. All those guys are really good center prospects 
probably most of them will go like th- round three, round four, because centers just tend to fall. So I think we'll probably add a young name there. And I wonder if they're going to try to uh, get Alex Leatherwood to to beat out Borum eventually just with his athletic profile. Um, I, I, I think they truly believe he can be a good right tackle for this team long term. I don't mind that thought at all because I do personally think that Borum is kind of the perfect person to have as your swing tackle um, or kind of, I guess, be that six man again on the offensive line if you're pulling in a big set. Uh, he's someone certainly capable and does have that starting experience, but I do think that like he should just be like a premier next man up. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if things work out with Leatherwood, and they're able to solidify that right tackle with him and keep uh, at, and keep Tevin Jenkins at right guard long term. My goodness. I Who's mean, that, looked really, really good. Like, I yeah. think that Tevin Jenkins is a Pro Bowl, like might make the Pro Bowl at, at a guard level because he was like, I was just shocked by how well he handled Kenny Clark. Yeah. And I think that, you know, hopefully we can expect the better to come too. I mean, because we have to realize, I mean, he does not have nearly as much starting experience, I think, as some people would think because he was out for basically all of mm-hmm. last year. And when we saw him last year, it's practically it was, a rookie. Uh, yeah, it was in a few offensive situations and in his first game back just on special teams. So, yeah, like you said, he's practically a rookie. Um, I, I do think that there's room for improvement as well. Um, I, I don't think like as well as like Cody Whitehair has been graded. I'm still not like on a hype train yeah. for him. Um, yeah, me I, I, I do expect more out of him, especially him being like kind of the. Well, there are other veterans, especially like Lucas Patrick, but he's kind of the longest tenured guy as far as being a Bears offensive lineman. Yeah, so and he was a Pro Bowler. He's probably one of the longest tenured Bears on the team, if not the longest tenured Bear on the team. Yeah, he actually might be. be the longest tenured. Maybe like DeAndre Houston Carson. He's been on the team for a long time too. Um, oh no, it's actually probably Pat Scales, our long snapper. He's been on the team for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. um, but regardless, like I think. I think we're pretty good right now. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, let's get into a little bit of the injury news. I said before, center, we finally have Lucas Patrick, who's not going to be rotating in with uh, Tevin Jenkins anymore, which I already think is going to be a step up because when he was in there, he was worse than Tevin Jenkins, in my opinion, pretty significantly uh, at that guard position. Uh, so I wasn't really sure why we were rotating them so much. Um, but also having uh, Lucas Patrick now at center, who I think is going to be a major step up from Mustafer. Uh, Mustafer in at QB during practice for a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> I love it. I love the <laughs> He's going to bench set, fields. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I, I think I think this is a, another step in the right direction. I mean, we talked pretty substantially I feel like over the past two years, um, especially when it came draft time, and I, I remember we were also big Creed Humphreys believers. Uh, we really want, we we're really looking at the Bears to draft Creed Humphreys. Um, we ended up drafting Tevin Jenkins and trading up, which I think we were both completely happy with at the time. That's completely fine too. And I don't think long term it'll look that bad because I think Tevin Jenkins is going to be a good player. Um, but we, the center position is just so important because when you have a bad center, like we kind of do right now with Sam Mustafer, it threatens the integrity of the entire offensive line. When the, the pressure that sits right in front of you, pressure from a nose tackle that creates so much disruption, ability to stunt around other offensive linemen. And I think that's part of the reason why we've seen the other offensive linemen have pretty good individual grades, but as a whole, it just seems like there's still some uh, improvements to be made is because Mustafer is getting 
pushed back strong. He's one of the, he is by far the worst athletic profile on the entire team um, as well, which isn't helping anything. So I think Lucas Patrick, I don't know how good of a center he's going to be, but I think he's going to be a much better center. And just seeing how he played when he was in green Bay, um, he definitely looked like a, a guy that could be a starter in the NFL. So having a, a, a competent starting center, um, I think is really going to transform the way that this line operates truly. Uh, and, and I think we're going to see a lot of progress there. So I'm really excited about that. And then just to write off um, a couple quick other n- notes, of injury news before I kick it over to you, Reese um, Roquan Smith appeared with a hip injury on, um, on the injury report uh, right after the game. I th- he's still on schedule to play uh, per our defensive coordinator. Um, I, I, I do wonder if that potentially could have impacted his performance last week. He seemed a bit slow. Um, and it seems like there is a – Matthew Adams is also injured, but it also seems like there is a chance that Valus Jones plays this week, which I feel like has been told to us every week. But this week it seems like even more likely. Um, he was practicing quite a bit, moving around quite a bit. Uh, he was limited from my understanding on the last injury report, uh, but still moving around quite a bit in full jersey and pads. So uh, – uh, th- thoughts on this injury report as of right now yeah i think mainly it lies on the offensive side of the ball i do just a quick thing about roquan um do hope that he can play um as to whether or not it was slowing him down last week not sure if we'll ever know um but that that week is the past you know i think that every week moving on forward especially for his kind of contract situation uh, needs to keep putting good tape out there and we know what Roquan can do and mm-hmm. we definitely know that the defense is better with him out there so that goes without saying I do think I'm really just looking forward to of course Lucas Patrick um, and, and kind of reiterating what you were saying not only buffing up um, you know just that center position but hopefully helping the offensive line coalesce as a whole um, and, you know, hopefully move on from just seeing good individual performances and moving on to good performances as a whole. And I, I do, the player I want to highlight the most would just be Valus Jones. I do want to see some some more variability in the pass game. He is a, a player, a receiver on this team that has a little bit different of a skill set than the others. Um, I mean, there are some other big-bodied players, but Valus Jones, the reason why they draft him, he kind of just has that special something that sticks out on tape, um, just like that playmaker. Um, I guess you maybe early on Steve. in his career, kind of what you would label Cordell Patterson is. That's kind of how I always viewed Valus Jones. So I think I'm really interested to see how he's incorporated in this offense um, and just to see how it reflects and, and affects everyone else um, in that receiving core, you know, does the presence of Bayless Jones help loosen things up for a little bit like Mooney? Um, yeah. Cause I think all eyes are going to be on, uh, the passing game, you know, no matter how much time, you know, dipping a little bit into the game preview, I think the bears, uh, will be able to run the ball effectively. So they might not have to go pass heavy, but I think that all eyes will be on the bears when they are passing the ball. People want to see Mooney get more targets and more catches and same goes for Cole Komet. Um, so does having some piece in there like Bales Jones help loosen it up uh, for the other pieces in the passing game? Yeah. And just quickly before I talk a little bit about Bales Jones, I was thinking about this last night. Cordell Patterson has to go to the Hall of Fame, right? As a kick returner. I don't know, man. I don't think you can make that statement until Hester gets inducted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but if we're not, if we're talking about kick returner, I mean, 
Cordell Patterson's got to be one of the best ever to do it, if if not the best ever. I mean, he's he was fantastic throughout his entire career, and seeing this late career surge of offensive uh, competency from him has been pretty cool too. Um, but th- th- that was just a thought I had last night. Um, I, I I do think that Hester should be in the Hall of Fame. I know that's a hot take amongst Bears fans. Um, but, yes, I do believe Hester should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think by that logic, uh, what could follow is, is someone like uh, Cordell Patterson could, could uh, pave the way. Um, but what I was going to say, Valus Jones, I, and I was also thinking about this last night. I think what we're going to see a lot with Valus Jones <clears throat> is really the screen game come to action. And I think that when you have that horizontal pressure on a defense, it could really help the rest of your offense because, again, linebackers need to play a little closer to the line. Safeties need to drop a little closer to the line. Um, Cornerbacks need to be a lot more focused. They they might bite on um, quick releases or something like that a little bit quicker to try to get to those um, try to get to those uh, screen passes. Bayless Jones just has a different level of speed than anyone on the field, including Darnell Mooney. Like he is just insanely fast. And that's something I didn't even realize till I saw him kick return. Um, he is insanely fast. I think he's going to obviously help the return game as well. Um, and I think he's, he's just a really good possession guy too, which we have none of those guys on this bears team. Currently, we don't have a good possession guy. So he, he is going to be filling a huge gap in this wide receiver room. Now, I'm interested to see the frequency in which he's used um, just because we have seen the bears kind of stick to the same wide receivers. It seems on a lot of the sets. I'm also excited to see Nikhil Harry come back. Um, Hopefully after, I mean, not this week, but the week after, hopefully he'll be back too and add to this wide receiver room and also add another dimension to that room. Um, But yeah, Valus is going to be a welcome addition for sure. The question I have, and I think uh, some Bears fans brought this up, is with both Matthew Adams and Roquan being injured, I think Roquan will play. But if Adams doesn't play, which it seems like he's trending not to be, it seems like the next guy up is Jack Sanborn. And some people are thinking that he might just steal the job from Matthew Adams because of how well he played in the preseason. Uh, any thoughts on that, Reese? I, I think that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, it's a possibility. I don't think that there's... Uh, aside from Roquan and the other two linebackers, um, I think that each of them could possibly have their jobs stolen by him. And I think that Sanborn, compared to Matthew Adams, it's just, yeah, you have that young player upside. And this this year is all about, you know, figuring out what you have. And, and this is what happens in the league, too. Like, it's next man mm-hmm. up. I mean, we don't have to really go into detail about Tom Brady and how that whole situation worked out. But, you know, when you're ready to steal the job, like you go ahead and steal the job. So it's certainly a big opportunity for him. I do think he possesses a lot of skills and it's kind of crazy because he's not outstanding at any one thing. He's kind of your jack of all trades, master of none. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I think that he has ability to go out there and make an impact. I like his skill set. Obviously, he put out some great performances in preseason. Now, once again, that's preseason. So I think we'll have a good opportunity against the Texans to, to put out some more good tape. It's not the most outstanding offense. I think that they're just capable enough to give you a scare and have given, you know, two teams in this or two teams already this season, a scare. Um, and the bears are, are not an elite caliber team. Um, so certainly I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans kind of hang around or make this a close game. 
But I do think that Jack Sanborn, I think that other members of this defense as a whole, honestly, um, have a great opportunity to get, you know, back on track. I think that kind of just having the run ball, the run or the ball run down their throat in this past game um, was kind of a little bit of a smack in the face, a little bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, So I'm sure everyone on that defense is kind of gearing up to, to make a statement, have a bounce back game, if you will. Um, so I, I think that not only for Jack Sanborn, honestly, but I think, you know, for players like, you know, Kyler Gordon, um, and Jaquan Brisker's had, you know, good games anyway, but I think Kyler Gordon is going to be, um, itchy to get back out there. Um, maybe even someone like Eddie Jackson, who's kind of looking to just kind of keep that good, you know, kind of energy going, um, had a interception in the first game, probably going to look to get back in that column in this game. So I look and I hope uh, that the Bears' defense will be opportunistic as a whole heading into this game. Yeah, and I think that Jack Sanborn, like if everything turns out in a perfect case scenario, he can end up like a player like Blake Martinez where he doesn't give you anything that like when the Packers have, he doesn't give you anything athletically that just wows you away. But it wouldn't necessarily surprise you if he starts hitting those, you know, high tackle numbers every game just because of his discipline um and you know the way his passion and the way he plays um he was just kind of a mainstay for that wisconsin badgers defense uh even though towards the end of it there he wasn't necessarily a star linebacker with leo chanel being that star guy but he was a really good like consistent supporting guy maybe something like a danny trevathan um a little bit later in his career when, when we got Roquan Smith, maybe he could fill that role. I like it because also I think getting just like some new faces, get some guys in there really like trying to prove something in their early career. I think that's good for a team like the bears where we're at right now. Um, we can live with the mistakes he's going to have because we're not competing for a super bowl. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. Also Sterling Weatherford, who we picked up from the Colts and, uh, who was a really big, uh, you know, a really big addition, kind of a hybrid safety linebacker um, out of what was it? Miami of Ohio. I think um, another really good player that could potentially see some snap count uh, this next week, but let's go ahead and get into the Texans game. And, you know, just straight out the bat, I think that people are giving the Texans a little too much credit and I'm, I could eat my words on this, but um, to me, the team doesn't have a great offensive line. I think their offensive line is in maybe a similar state to the Bears right now. They obviously do have – who's the – God, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Who's their left tackle? Laramie Tunsil. Uh, they, they have a good left tackle, right? But there, there are a lot of missing pieces around that offensive line. Otherwise, you know, they do have a good weapon in Brandon Cooks, but he's about the only one right now. I uh, don't really have good tight end prospects. I know they drafted Brevin Jordan, but um, I don't know. I'm not super high on him. Um, and then outside of it, their defense, they have Derek Stingley. Don't have a lot on the defensive line that really wows you um, or in the linebacker. They do have Jalen Petrie, too, in their safety, who I think him and Jaquan Brisker have actually been the top two performing rookie safeties as of right now. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. I have already seen a lot of Texans fans going for the head of Davis Mills. I think he has a total of God. I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it, but I think he only has like a couple passing touchdowns despite how much he's played um, throughout the season. Um, I could be wrong on that, but yeah, I, 
and apparently he's been throwing passes that have been so bad that not even the DBs can uh, come down with an interception. So we might not see interception numbers, <laughs> but apparently the, some of his throws have been so off and kind of like that Mitch, uh, what, where Mitch was at for a little bit, where the touchdown, the passes were so bad that they couldn't even be picked. So um, <laughs> I guess that's good for them. But um, I, I really do think that the Bears are going to set the tone in the run game. I think the way that we've ran against much better defensive lines over the past two weeks is going to set the tone for this game. The Houston Texans are giving up a ton of rushing yards. Um, and I know that they are running the ball fairly well with Damian, Damian Pierce, but I'm, uh, I'm not like, I, he's, he's definitely the worst running back we've seen thus far. Um, and I don't think he's better than either of our two running backs that we have right now with Khalil Herbert or David Montgomery. I, I just, and when it comes down to it, I'm taking Justin Fields over Davis Mills any day of the week. I think that this is going to get a little out of hand. If I'm being completely honest, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think that the bears are going to come out to a pretty commanding lead pretty early. And I think they're going to maintain that lead. Yeah. I mean, that's just a little bit where I disagree with you. Um, but yeah, I'll kind of get into what I'm looking at in this game. I mean, first off, this is a, a kind of game where you don't even have to throw the scout team out in there. Just line them up. This is the same defense that the Bears are running, essentially. Um, so there's a lot of familiarity between defensive schemes here. Um, and like you said, I mean, a little bit on the offensive side. I mean, they're both teams are really kind of trying to, to work to find their identity, if you will. Um, I do think that the Bears jump out. I think they run the ball um well early and i think they incorporate some play action into it my guess would be that you know maybe not quite by halftime but by at some point in the third quarter i think it'd be about a 23 to 7 game um and then just because we haven't seen the bears string together you know consecutive good halves i feel like the bears are going to let the texans creep up a little bit into it i think it might get a little uncomfy at the end i feel like the bears are going to walk out with the with the win if i had to put a score on it i'm thinking it's going to be like a 23 to 21 finish and maybe wow. not quite look that close but i just know how it gets with these teams that lean on zone defense a lot you tend to let um, you know teams back into it late and, uh, yeah, I, I can see them giving up a couple of late scores to, to let them creep in, give a little bit of hope, but I'm confident the bears will finish it off with a, with a win. But yeah, I expect them to kind of, kind of get off to a hot start like you do. Um, but I just don't, I don't have the confidence quite in this offense yet for them to maintain it. Now, if they're able to maintain it, they could walk away and actually finally hit the thirties in this game. Um, they definitely have the opportunity to go out and do that. Like you said, this front for the Texans is not anything to be overly worried about at all. So, you know, the bears, if they can establish, um, kind of that, that win in the trenches, um, run the ball effectively early and then start to break off some big plays in the play action game. I do think what you mentioned about screens too, not only for this game, but moving, um, forward for the bears is huge. You need to find a way, um, to take away an option of going into man or zone for the defense. And if you can, you know, at least force a team to be more predictable defensively and have to go into man um, by running screens more effectively, you already have a leg up. So I'm hoping the bears can establish uh, something like that in this game. So, yeah, I, I think that the bears should win this game more handedly. I just, I don't have the confidence to predict a blowout or even like a two touchdown victory until I can see them, um, really put together, you know, four good quarters of offensive football. And a big reason why, and just like thinking back, 
um, of this this Texans team. The last time that we played them was what in 2020, right? 2020 season or 2021? I believe so. Yeah, it was the 2020 year that season. Montgomery ripped off that huge run. Yeah, yeah. He had Montgomery had a monster game, and I think that. I just I, I this team is arguably worse from that point um, as far as on a talent level. I think you could argue that they are much better coached, which uh, does make a huge impact. I think the reality of this Texans team is they just they're not. I I think that the Bears are at a point where they're rebuilding, but you see that future in mind. I don't think the Texans are there yet. I don't think you see a sustainable good future with the tech. At least I certainly do not. I, I see the, the, the Texans and still a little bit of a rut, still needing to find a quarterback, still needing to find a coach. I, I think long-term, I don't think Lovey is going to be their long-term answer. I don't know if he was even hired to be that long-term answer. I think the Texans are still very much in need. And I think they kind of play with a team as a team like that. Who did they play last week again? I, I keep blanking. Did they play the Broncos? So they played the Broncos fairly close. I think that this Bears team is going to be much... I think... I mean, it's hard to be worse coach than the Broncos, honestly, at this point right now. Um, I think the, <laughs> the Bears are, are better coach than the Broncos. And I think we're going to run it down. I think, unfortunately, it might be a lower pass attempt day again. Um, I think we're going to run it down their throats. It wouldn't surprise me if Justin Fields puts up a stat line that's like two touchdowns 150 yards and like one rushing touchdown and like have it be like, okay, a good touchdown game, but by yards, you're like, did he even march him down the field? Kind of similar to the first game. Um, I, I just, I, I really struggle to view this team as all that much better than that team we played in 2019. And I think this bears team has kind of came a long way, even though we don't have Allen Robinson, I think that our offensive line is significantly better. I think the defense will probably be playing better than they were in that game. Cause I don't know if you remember, but we were so badly injured in that game. Um, yeah. And I, I would be kind of surprised if we let them back in the game, mostly because our halftime adjustments, I think have been the best part about this offense and defense. I mean, we've only allowed three points in the second half of the past two games. Yeah, I, I I get that, but we haven't really seen them <laughs> go we into the Texans with a lead yet, either. Though. I'm just well, we, yeah, yeah. No, you're so. right. We haven't seen them operate with a lead, and I am afraid of that. That we might go like hyper conservative, like Nagy used to go as soon as we got a lead, or uh, hyper conservative on defense, which was kind of a criticism of of Matt Eberflus when he'd get a lead. Yep, that's exactly kind of what I'm picturing, honestly. So. But I do think that, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to walk out with a with a win. So hopefully it'll be a, a victory Monday for Bears fans. This is this is a substantially easier team than the past two teams that we've played. Um, and the fact that we're one and one gives me the confidence and potentially we're within one score of the Packers uh, gives me kind of the confidence to feel like this this game. This is a game that should be won. And uh, believe me, if this game isn't one on our reaction podcast, uh, I think both you and I are going to be in full panic mode <laughs> and be in like full like tear it down mode, um, which, you know, maybe isn't the right thing. But, you know, it kind of is what it is at this point. Um, that being said, we're going to start looking at all that tape for Will Anderson is what we're going to be. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, so what was your final score prediction? I got 23-21 Bears. 
I'm gonna say twenty seven thirteen Bears. Okay. I like it. I so think each I, of them I, are reasonable. I still don't think we hit that thirty, um, unfortunately, which I think is a number that's been cursing us Bears fans for a very long time. <laughs> I, I would love I I'm sure it's pretty easy to do. And you know what? I, I actually this week I figured out a new thing that's gonna be on this podcast. And 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 I've I haven't done this in a while. From now on, I'm going to count every single second and long run. So second and eight plus run and see how many yards we get on those for the rest of the season. How many times we call it and how many yards we get because I think this will be a damning statistic. So I'm going to be like a PFF analyst here. I'm going to take out a notebook and every single time we run on second and long, I'm going to write down the yardage count starting on this game and we will get a weekly update on that going forward. You're going to have a cramp, man, from (laughs) all that writing. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Yeah, but ultimately, I think uh, we're kind of on the same page. Hopefully, the Bears come out of this with a win. Um, And then we're moving on to the Giants, who, uh, man, and just as we kind of wrap up the show. Yeah, 2-0. I think they're going to win this week, too. Honestly, against the Cowboys. I think they're going to win this game. Um, I'm not... As Lee Corso would say, not so fast. (laughs) I'm not, not, I'm not so a big fast. Daniel Jones fan, but I'm I'm also just like even with Dak, not a big fan of this Cowboys team. Um, Dabble has seemed like to be a pretty damn good coach, uh, which I'm honestly a little bit surprised about. Um, despite the fact that we were really wanting him to be the head coach, I'm a little bit surprised how quickly it's caught on in New York. Um, and he's really not been using his top talent either with Kenny Galladay or Kadarius Tony at wide receiver. Um, I think they're going to win this. And I think that that Giants game, I'm circling as a much more like we could definitely lose that game um, than, than this Texans game. So uh, if there's any Texans fans listening, we're sorry. Um, but yeah, we, we, we do think that it's going to be a, a, a victory. Yep, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to look forward to that Giants game ahead, especially if they are 3-0. and um, A very unsuspecting team. But like you said, I mean, haven't had the toughest matchups, but it's a, you play the games that you have on the schedule, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's been a wild start to the year. Um, would not be surprised if we see some more wild things this week of football. And, you know, hopefully the Bears just aren't part of that. <laughs> hopefully they close <laughs> to a nice win. I think we need it. I think uh, Bears fans desperately need it. And if there's a time to play the Texans in the NFL, it's, it's, uh, it's this week. So. All right, man. Well, um, thank you guys so much for joining us again on this Friday. Uh, We really appreciate it. We hope you all enjoy, you know, your college football for the weekend, your NFL for the weekend. Um, And, you know, the Bears get that 10 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Central time (laughs) kick that I think a lot of us Bears fans have come to love. Um, And, you know, we're we're looking forward to it. But thank you guys so much, Reese. And if anything else, uh, I'll let you sign us off. Yeah, no, as always, um, we appreciate the ongoing support. Uh, we're going to try to keep these consistent uploads coming for for y'all. Um, and uh, yeah, as always, bear down. Bear down, guys.